Hey everyone, we're back again. We are back. For episode three, Gorilla Podcasting. Ed Rapisardi here. Rob Bauer. And uh, sorry, we had a little technical difficulty, so we're going to try this again. And mm. there. Hey, just to recap a couple things that we already talked about. We were talking about 3rd LAR, 3rd LAI, um, reunion. Battalion Reunion mm. on there. Hi, Rondi. Thank you. Um, and and also just wanted to... Hey, Mikey. How are you doing, brother? Hi, brother. Um, just wanted to also give that quick dis- uh, disclaimer that we are not medical professionals. Um, if you are having serious issues, I you know, highly advise, recommend that you seek uh, trained, proper medical attention for that um, on there. But these are just two people dealing with things that have happened to us in our life throughout our military experience, um, through combat, after the military, and also probably before our military lives on there and giving some ways that help us shape or form who we are today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Combat is one of those things where, you know, you learn a lot. The learning curve is almost vertical. (laughs) Um, Very steep. And and I, I, I call it drinking from a fire hose. Oh, yeah. Uh, drinking from a fire hose of life experience, and I was there for seven months. So my experience was seven months of life experiences, mm. probably a lifetime of life experiences in that seven oh, months. Oh, yes. You see, I mean, you have to deal with every single emotion yep. of mankind. So, uh, you know, if you guys have anything, if you want to leave any kind of comments uh, about there, anything that's happened to you, this is a safe place. No one will hear about it other than all of Facebook. Um <laughs> So, uh, on there, but, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We're sitting here talking about it and uh, want to see, you know, because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And it's not the train. And it's not the train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Rather, That's a good one. Mike. That's a good one. Like that. <laughs> um, so, you know, Rob was just talking about going to the, uh, to the association the, um, yep, the the LAI, LAR, 3rd Battalion, LAI, LAR uh, reunion that we had. Um, light Armored Reconnaissance, uh, Light Armored Infantry back in the day. And just how, how it was a, such, a, such a great experience for me because I had harbored all of this survivor's guilt for about 15 years uh, with some of the men. And I got to really talk to the families and really just, you know... I didn't apologize, but I just kind of told them who I was, and they had no idea. But you know, it's funny. It's like I used, I took all of that guilt, and for all those years, and you know, when I went up to the families, they didn't even know who I, really who I was. And I kind of made dawned on me that this was all my fight. That is, I was doing this to myself, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. We were discussing a Tim Ferriss podcast about some questions that you had to answer for yourself to, to explain why you're in that position um, where you're at. And it could be you creating your own um, drama. And I think that's what I've been doing. And I think that's what everybody does is that when we have this kind of deal where men pass away and you're a leader and, you know, maybe it's just between us and you, you, know, you carry these things that you don't really have, have, have to because... On the other side of that, the family members, they're dealing with their own issues with it. So they're really not um, understanding where you're coming from sometimes. So you make your own problem bigger. 
And I, that's what I was doing the whole time. Yeah. I, I was just out of control in my mind. Well, I, I think you kind of deal with, hey, Stace, how are you? What's up? Um, I, think, I think a lot of us actually go through that experience and without knowing what to do, we kind of bump into things, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I had a coach mentor for, my, for me back in 2012, 2013. And he, it's not his, it's not his thought, it's not my thought, but he he gave it to me, and it was very very powerful at the time. It it stuck with me. But he goes, there's two types of people here, and he goes, there's wandering generalities, or meaningful specifics, hmm. right? You're either a wandering generality or a meaningful specific, and that's how your your course in life. And if you're moving in a wandering generality then you're going to bump into things and you know there's times and places for that to happen but i tell you what if you're trying to get to the other side of whatever this whatever we're calling it today um, (laughs) in the meaningful specifics right we can develop a path a road a route to get there and and that kind of thing is is very very helpful so yeah um it's freeing and, and you know the other part is is there's plenty of people out here to help and want to help yeah. Uh, in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. The part is you have to be part of the recovery, as we've talked about in the last couple yeah. of episodes. Yep. Yep. And that was my fault. I, I blame myself for all of that because I just wasn't mature enough and I just didn't. We were talking about this. There's two types of self, selfish, selfishism, I guess. There's being selfish in the fact that you can't understand anything because you're so entwined in your own misery. And then they're selfish with once you once you understand that you have to fight your own battle and have to get your head in the game and kind of like what you were talking about, you know, I didn't I wasn't able to I was a selfish dude. And not until that I said, hey, I'm not going to be that kind of selfish. I'm going to be this kind of selfish where I'm just going to worry. I'm going to settle my my mind down and I'm going to focus on my task at hand and that that specific stuff is where I started to just line in on, if that makes any sense. Um, am I making any sense? Yeah. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I mean, so I had to literally get out of the way. Of your I had own, to fight, yeah, yeah, I had to fight my own <laughs> battle, you know, but I had to get out of my own way. And I had to ask those darn questions, man. What am I doing that's creating this for me right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, are you married, but you got, you know, a girl on the side you're talking to, you know? I mean, you know, are you trying to, you know, get in shape, but you're, you know, you're eating the extra Krispy Kreme? Uh, You know, there's all these things going on. And I watch a million podcasts, and I'm sure you do too, because I'm always looking for something... um, cool to, to to exercise on myself. You know, you just brought up something in my mind. Uh, so I read and, and from the same coach, and this is Aaron, shout out to Aaron Novello out yeah. in uh, Fort hey, Lauderdale. Rough, rough Jess, he's, a, he's, rough. A, he's in England right now. England, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's a crab McGraw. He's a, he's a, he's bad to the bone. I wow. Mean, yeah, he's a tough, he's tough SOB. Well, it's kind of tough talking about this next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Back when I was with uh, Aaron and I were, were talking quite a bit, um, he introduced me to this book, and it was called The Master Class in Gremlin Taming by Rick Carson. Hmm. Uh, fantastic book. But in there, there is a uh, quote, and he calls it the Zen Theory of Change. Hmm. The Zen Theory of Change, and I'll read it. And it says, I free myself not by trying to be free, but by simply noticing 
how I am imprisoning myself mm. in the very moment that I am imprisoning myself. I'll send it to you. Yeah. So I free myself not by trying to be free, but by simply noticing how I am imprisoning myself in the very moment that I am imprisoning myself. And Rob, as you just talked about, just getting out of your own way, yeah. a lot of times is is part of that struggle. Absolutely. That's, that's probably the hardest struggle. Yeah. That's probably this. When you're at that moment and you're trying, learning to, to you, you're in your own way, that is probably the hardest thing to discover yeah. and to defeat. And yeah. you, sometimes you can't do it on your own. You got to. Well, the other part of that is. It's is, crazy. This is the. This is a journey. I mean, how many times have Absolutely. we have we talked about, you know, you're always waiting to get to the other side. Yeah. When I get rich, when I get happy, when I find the right one, when I... Win, 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 right? win. But listen, the journey is actually the destination. We will never get to the other side because it will continue. There will always be something out there. Always. So enjoy the journey. Yeah, right? enjoy where you're at. You know, the, the old adage, you know, don't look to the future, just... you. Take every day as today, you know, one day at a time, and whatever you want to say. But that actually is a great, is a great, yeah. one of the greatest quotes out there. One day at a time. I mean, the heart of a warrior. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. All right, dude, gotta gotta read that. That's, that's okay. a good. That's a good faith faith book, faith filled book. It's good. It's a good one, man. Awesome. Go check it out. Yeah, it's it's uh, it makes you think. It's for men. It's for men, and it's through a paramedic's perspective. Yeah, but it has to do with Jesus and stuff. And uh, man, it is solid. It is a solid book, and it'll make you wonder. Like, it'll make you want to change the culture of your circle if you're a man. It's an incredible book. I definitely would definitely read it. it and it's it's a faith it's it's a faith faith filled book. So you know, it's not religion and all that other crap. We don't want to do any of that. But this is a guy that really wants to help help men. And you know, he puts a little Jesus into there. And I would say. By helping men, you're probably helping women because if absolutely, you're, if you're absolutely. a better man, you're, you're probably going to be a better human being. Yes. In and that I mean, you know, we have such this crazy culture right now against men, and we're the only ones that can change it. We're in our own way again, just even as a culture. Men are in their own way. And if we can figure those things out and open up as a man, I, I truly believe in my heart that we we are we can make or break our families. And and I didn't do it such a good job when I was younger. Now I'm 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 I, like I'm I'm, I'm the, at the selfish point where I'm digging into my own stuff. But once I get out of this, I'm gonna like you said, I'm gonna be a better dude. I'm gonna be able to be a better grandfather, better husband, you know, better spouse. Um, and I I can't wait till I get right. get there. I can't I can't wait till I get there. But actually, join a lot of there. What's up, bud? Right? Absolutely. Self-aware. Self-awareness, personal accountability, I believe, is one of the greatest tools. Uh, learned it, I learned it, a lot of it in the military. My parents you know, obviously provided me right from wrong and stuff like that. But personal accountability, owning your own actions yeah, is, for a long time. is one of those things that, man, well, look at Congress and the President of the United States. If they would just have their own internal personal accountability for their own actions man they're leaders of our country <laughs> right right <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be great to have a moral compass that are like you know what this is the right thing to do yeah let's uh, do this yeah and you know yeah i mean yeah i mean what a great 
I, you can't, I really can't say much to that. You kind of hit it, hit it right on the head, man. But, but let's talk about the use of things to help us cope. Yeah, for I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I used alcohol since the since I was 15. To I went through a huge. My post traumatic stress was from the age of eight to the age of 38. Um, I had accumulated these crazy things that happened to me, and how I got through it was alcoholism. And you know, for me. It created, I think every incident that I ever had in the Marine Corps, every stupid incident I got, alcohol was behind that sucker. And that's true for many people. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm still battling with it. I got to be, you know, I want to be absolutely transparent while we're talking about this. I'm dealing with all, when we talk, we're talking about stuff we're dealing with like right now. I mean, it's raw. It's raw. It's about as raw as I can be with you. And I don't mind. You can try to slay me all you want through comments. I don't care. I'm I'm out here for you to say, hey, I'll raise my hand. And I'll be the first one in line to say, hey, it's all me. I'm the one that's doing it. Now I'm ready to, to, to take it to the next level and, and to fix this crap. Because, you know, the suicide rate, let's talk about the suicide rate. The reason why we're doing this is because supposedly, quote unquote, 22 veterans a day are killing themselves. Okay, beyond the veteran community, now let's go look at maybe Solano County and find out. I'm sure their suicide rate is just absolutely insane in the country, just in general. So that's why we're here, because we're wanting people to know that that there, there's life there's life out there. and that, that there's, Take yourself off the cliff. you got to win your own gunfight. Yeah. Hey, Craig. And I, you know, I hope, I get, brother. We get intense talking about this stuff because it's near and dear to our hearts because, you know, you go over to war and you do all these things. We had a guy that went to, he was a third LAR guy, went to the Amer- the the, uh, the French Foreign Legion, fought in Syria for the Christians, and then he killed himself a couple weeks ago. We'll do, Craig. And we don't, we can't. You know, that's it's it's absolutely. It just mind boggles me that we're, we're, why we're why we're. Craig here me. is a fireman. Oh, okay, hey, Craig, what's up, man? Thank you for your service, bro. Yeah, thank you very much. And and Craig, uh, you know, he's he's talking about that. You know, the par- firemen, paramedics, and I would I would throw that over to any Abs- first responders. Absolutely, yeah. First res- LEO, first first responders, firefighters. You guys are on our uh, high respect. Yeah, I mean, you you guys are truly the frontline warriors of every day for me to be free. Yeah, I go out and I kick butt and, you know, kick people out of their own country, however you want to say it, you know. But, I mean, we uh, absolutely 100% respect and and really, you know, we want you to be free as well. And uh, continue to do your jobs in a professional manner like you've been doing. Just, you know, get all the mental stuff out of the road. Yep. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, in fact, um, Craig will... We'll send that out. Uh, I'll send it to you via messenger uh, on there. But yeah, anything we can do. Um, and again, we're not we're not the professionals. We're just two people going through this and, and kind of well figuring it out on ourselves. I, I know from the year 2008 to about 2012, 2013, I went through quite a bit. I'm not saying that I'm out of it. I'm, I still kind of go through um, periods where maybe. I'm not as there's always residual, right? right? I'm I'm not as um, patient as I should be, or something sparks me that uh, you know that that I get a little 
Right? Fired that, up. You get that, fired up, man. And, and, and kick some butt. And so that's not my 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 demeanor normally. Mm, right. Um, You're pretty mellow, dude. I, I'm I'm fairly mellow, and I like to try to be, as we talked about, um, self-aware mm-hmm. yeah. as much as possible, or as much as positive can, outlook, right? self-aware. All I really stuff. try to focus on that stuff, and and in in that process, I'm human being as well. Um, on there, and I know that there's we're all trying to figure it out. There is life after this, um, you know, and, and in the discovery of all this part, highly recommend going through counseling. And when Absolutely. I, when, when you're going through counseling, actually, it only works if you're honest with it. You have to be right? you have to be an open book and transparent. And, and it's going to hurt a little bit. Not only hurt, I'm going through it right now as we speak. As soon as I'm done, I'm going into my trauma class. In my trauma class, I'm taking the Beyond Trauma by Stephanie Covington. She's a PhD. This is actually a workbook for the women's, for the women's side. But for me, I, my whole life has been about my mother and all this other crazy stuff. So I wanted to look through the eyes of a woman's perspective. I tell you what, it's done more for me. I've had three sessions. It's done more for me than any other session that I've had. I've had a lot of post-traumatic stress sessions. This was. This has been an incredible experience, but it hurts. It hurts so bad. It is the toughest thing that I've ever had to do. Is it tougher than combat? Absolutely tougher than combat. Combat is, guys, combat is easy. Okay? It's, it's, there's, it's you against them. And if, how hard did you train and how hard did they train? And you go up and see who's better and you see who's smarter. Sometimes they get lucky. But other than that, it's basic stuff. And, and if you keep your mindset and you train hard and you get some, and that's all there is to it. But this is, this is, for me, when I, this is absolutely damn near impossible for me at this point to, to keep, I mean, it is just, it is an insane adventure. I mean, it is, yep. there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I see it, but it has been the toughest thing for me. And I, not until recently did I even admit that I had post-traumatic stress. Yeah. So well, I lived, what, 10 years? For, for the longest time. And, and when you think of poor people back in Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea, um, when you talked about this, you were weak, right? And that's part of that man, you know, of you're not a man if you're, if you have that stuff. And, yeah, that's and, and when we worked through that going, Hey, look at, you just walked. I mean, in, in my mind, you walked at man's walk, you walked a, the stuff that you had to go through in order to, uh, get to the other side of that, regardless of what you did. And there, it's tough. And, tough, tough, and and to walk away from that, and then come back, and and now look at like, as Chris says, or Christopher, I'm sorry, uh, the biggest issue I see with vets is not letting go or moving on, not being able to fit into the civilian sector. That was me. I left active duty. I came. I was. I joined Oakland Police Department. We got laid off twice. Oh no! Twice. Oh my it God. was brutal. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I was a assistant store manager for Target. That's an awesome what job. the fuck? <laughs> I went from being a man, yeah, right? I went from being a major in the Marine Corps to all of a sudden, man, what a shock! And, and it, it what not no discredit to Target, but that's not the life I was living. That's not my purpose. Yeah, that wasn't you, what I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see it. You and so and so all of a sudden now, yeah, we call this shell shock, right? That's Oath. Oath is with. Yeah, what's uh, up, brother? 
Yeah, well, he's 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 a copper. Yep, and he was also uh, a veteran, a retired veteran, good yep. man. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, trying to figure out where, what's my why, what, how am I focused, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? The way I, I have found that works for me, and I can't say it works for everyone, but what I thought I joined the military for was because it was cool, right? Um, uh, what I thought it was cool, I thought it was something that was. Um, you know, the excitement, you know, going and repelling and, and doing yeah, all the stuff. Yeah, doing the that, cool stuff. The TV. Right? Yeah, what you see on the TV. The sexy stuff. Yeah, the sexy stuff. But what I found is it really was the service. Yes. The service. And so I've made that connection. <laughs> yeah, I've made that connection to the outside, to my community, to my family, to my friends. Yeah. Um, and and also the youth. The youth has been something that has, has helped me kind of uh, find new purpose. Not that I was going down a dark way, but I was like, what do I do now? I don't know. And that has been something that's helped me. Uh, so I would say if you're if you're struggling, go back to what you know, right? What did you do in the service? I understand you didn't like doing field days and, and working parties, and I get that. That was a Marine Corps. I don't know if everyone has all the working parties at the Marine Corps. Yeah, no, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but we have it's Crop ton. Uh, <laughs> oh, you want a party? You like to party? Mm-hmm. We got plenty of parties right? in the Marine Corps. <laughs> Working parties, baby. <laughs> you got to volunteer for everything or you're going to screw yourself. Just for yeah. those that want to go in, volunteer for every working party you yes. got. That way you're off the skyline. <laughs> right? <laughs> are those are little hacks. Yeah, those are little lines corporal hacks that you can get into that you, that you got to learn real quick. Yeah. Uh, so, so in there, I would, I would recommend getting involved with something where you can serve. Um, whether Absolutely. that's through, you know, your your faith, um, whatever, through your community, yeah, whatever, through nonprofit organizations, even in your own business, yes, whatever it is, even in your own house, get a schedule, <laughs> get get something going. Right, Otha. Commence field day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thursday nights. Thursday night field days. <laughs> I used to. Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell that story some other time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is awesome. I I just hope that. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but I, to get back to the alcohol part, um, I was going to mention that that's a daily struggle for me, and I know it is for most men out there. And I had a doctor the other day tell me, he said, "You know, I don't want you to. Go, I gave you some bad news, but I don't want you to go home and just quit because then you're going to lose." And I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm going to lose?" He says, "Listen, if you're not ready to do it, you're going to go out. You're going to you're going to you're going to shut it all down, and then that because you're not mentally ready for the." The shut off for that shock and everything and to shut it all down you're gonna lose that fight and he's a VA doctor and he's like this is what's going on you vets come come in here know your need to stop and then you stop and then you're not ready to stop because you weren't ready to stop and you know I don't know if that makes any no, sense absolutely but, but I I have to become ready like I, I dipped since I was 15 years old I stopped cold turkey one night didn't have a dip for three years you know, um, video games, got rid of that crap out of my life. Spin, I can't, how am I supposed to be a millionaire if I'm playing video games? It's not going to happen. And uh, so, you know, I had to get rid of all these things. But the alcohol has been the most important part of my life when it comes to dealing with my pain. Yeah. And now I'm repla- Now I'm learning to replace the alcohol gradually. I um, mean... We got kicked out. Ah, oh, son of a gun. Dang, man. 
we'll just, is this thing yeah, on that's still? so okay. odd. Let's do this. Well, we'll, we'll, still, we'll still talk. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's my struggle right now. And I'm dealing with, you know, I'm dealing with broken marriage, broken kids, you know. I mean, I've got two grandkids that I want to watch and grow up. And I want to be the best available grandfather that I can. And, you know, I mean... It's just, it's tough. It, it is, is tough. It's tough. And men today, we've, there's, we're, we're they don't, you know, we're, I don't know if we really know the right definitions for tough. Like this culture that we have, men are this and that, we're supposed to be this. Yeah, but really, I mean, what, what are we defined as, you know, in today's culture? Weak, and, and, feeble, can well, we speak? A, I don't know. Here's the thing is, why do we put ourselves into a box? Why do we have to be anything? Right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if, you, if you really look at it and go, okay, listen, I don't care what you're packing on the plumbing side, right? If you are just a good person, right? If I don't care if you, whatever you believe, it can be true for you. And so we're, we're taught that it's such a, a patriarchal society, right? That it's a man-based society. And, but that actually leaves out 50% of the population, or almost 50%, or over 50%. A new task and purpose. Vets have years of being told how to do it. It's ingrained. He was the guy I was telling you about that. Yes. Yeah. Who I was after him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think one of those things is, is um, just kind of giving up being right, or having to be right. Right, that's and, tough. And, yeah, it's huge. It's it's huge, and it's it's not something you're just done with. It's something that continues long after, and you know, I I find myself. So here's here's how I handle this situation. I don't know. Sometimes I'm talking with my wife, and we get into a heated mm-hmm. discussion, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and and in the moment that I'm actually in that heated discussion, I will sometimes shine a spotlight on that and I'll take a deep breath and I will say I am noticing right now my desire to be right versus hearing what you're saying and I deal with that every day yeah oh, all every of us day. do every, every, every single day. one of us deal with it I have to man be or right. woman doesn't matter yeah and, and when you have two people that are trying are doing that it's failure. Failure. Yep. I mean, absolute failure. So, uh, you know, on on that kind of thing, that's that's okay. That's part of that. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I. It's okay to a point because then then it, then your relationship becomes, I mean, just a toxic mess. Yeah. You have and, to move away from negativity. And, yeah, and I and I'm learning that now. Like with my wife Monica, I mean, it has been a struggle because she has. She brought her her stuff into the marriage, and I brought my stuff. And our communication. She is she is one of the toughest women I ever met in my life. But even when I say that she's tough, she still doesn't accept accept it. And the same way with me, when she gives me honor, props, props I can't accept it because I just want to be right all the time. Yeah. And it's just a crazy cycle of defeat. Yeah. And that's what we're going through right now because we're so strong. Yeah. Our personalities. She, I'm, I'm strong 
overt and she's strong underneath the line. So you've got these yin and yang but, going on. But the good news is, is it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And that's what we're learning. But the struggle is real because you both have to fight for it. Yep. You both have to fight. And so it's it's the journey. I, I, I know I've also a divorced husband. I wasn't the best of husbands. Always a great dad. I was never, I wasn't a good husband. Yeah, it sucked. Um, and so, in my, for whatever reasons, and I will take personal accountability of my own marriage during that time, right? Uh, and that I should have either number one, like we just talked about, um, I didn't say what it what what did I not say that needed to be said, right? That's, that's tough, man. And and what was I saying that wasn't being heard? I'm reading a book right now on that. Yep. Yep. And so on those things right there, it's 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 about being how to listen so people will talk. I like it. I'm reading that right now. Who's the author? Uh, a gal by the name of Becky Harden. Harling? H H A R L I N G. It's also a faith faith book too. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, I think on something like that, it, it's it's working through and. You know, as I was going through this, it's it's nothing that you're like, okay, I've gone through uh, two weeks of this and I'm good, right? It's something that is practiced for an extended period of time and actually should be for a way of life. Yes. Right? And so... Absolutely. Um, and, and in this book, they kind of talked about some, some things, the master class of Gremlin Team. They talked about three different worlds, right? And it's the world from outside of your physical shell of your body, mm-hmm. the world out, mm-hmm. the world in. So from your inside of your body, everything inside, how you feel and mm. there. And then the world of mind. And the world of mind is that, you know, the catastrophic <laughs> right. films being being played in our minds. Oh, my Lord. That are... Uh, not even know, real. They're not real most of the time. Made right? up, yeah. And so, you know, you're not worthy. You're not smart. Um, you'll, no one likes what you're, I mean, even having this conversation right now, uh, it's, it can be difficult because you're, you'll be judged in some way, shape or form. Uh, Yeah. But again, they're not living your life. Right. They're not helping you on a daily basis. Right. They don't have to live inside your skin. Uh, on there. Anybody want to. Well, but the thing is, is you're a masterpiece and I'm a masterpiece. Yes. Right. By ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so when, when you're you going a masterpiece. Through, we are. Yeah. We all are. Uniquely, Absolutely. Uniquely perfect in our own way. Absolutely. Or perfectly imperfect. I'll take that too. Yeah. So I, I think right there as we, as we kind of do this, it's such a work in progress. And so don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on the masterpiece. Yeah. On, on there. It's, you know, there is light at the end tunnel. It's not the train. We can get through this. It's like when we went on a hump. Absolutely. You know, that 20 miler that you know you didn't want to do. Oh, my God. And you had blisters by mile three, right? And you just endured. Yeah. Yeah. You You, endured. Yeah, you just, you had this mind, like you're saying, this chaotic mind that you're, I mean, especially when you're in, okay, if you're in Camp Lejeune, then we're talking long mile. But if you're in 29 Palms or you're in, you know, Camp Pendleton or Okinawa, you're hitting the 
the First Sergeant's Hill and Mount Motherfucker and all these other crazy hills that are straight up. And you got an entire battalion. Can I give you a story? Yeah, I do it. I want to hear one. This is third. <laughs> this is second lieutenant Ed Rapasarda. Oh boy, platoon uh, commander, second platoon for uh, Charlie Company, Red Horse, um, and uh, Third Light Armored Reconnaissance, Reconnaissance Battalion. We have a hike um, one morning, and I'm at I'm at my house, and and I set the alarm, and we're stepping off at 4 a.m. Zero four, we're stepping off. Well. I wake up. I set my alarm. I can see where this is going. Yeah. I set my alarm and I wake up at like at four. No. We're stepping off. I, you know, I, oh, I, I think I set it for PM rather than. The oh no. Yeah. Anyways, I wake up in a frantic. <laughs> oh, I've been there. And it was just like, oh shit, oh shit. Oh. And so. Right. Yeah. That's the word to come out of your mouth. And, and I'm I'm a 15 minute drive away from base. Oh no! Uh, luckily, I packed the night before, and so I throw everything in my truck. I'm hauling <laughs> to base. I get to the ramp, and some of the sick, lame, and lazy are there at, at the ramp. And I, I pointed at one of the guys in our company who was staying behind. <laughs> I go, "Do you know how to drive a stick shift?" He's like, "Yeah." And I go, "Get in the car." <laughs> I I hammer down and I go up for um, not first Sergeant seal, but what's the sand hill? Oh, in 29 Palms? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, there's but a, I know what you're talking about. It, this hill is, you know, it, it's a pretty steep hill. But what's worse about it is about the, I don't know, six to eight inches of every single step, your your foot sinks into this hill. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's, yeah. Uh, that's it, just right off the yeah, barracks, right? right yeah. Right up that hill. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's ugly. It, it, I mean, it was miserable. 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 And so... I, I go in there and I go as far as my, my truck will get and take me. I put it in park and I give him the keys and I say, okay. And I grab my pack. <laughs> Again, I'm second lieutenant. I just came from infantry officer's court. So, oh, no. So I'm actually in pretty good shape. Right. You can screw up on yeah. that deal. <laughs> and so I come and I just take off running. I grab my pack and everything. Well, they left at 4. This is probably like 4.30, 4.45. Oh, no. They're already several miles out. Right. Just about to take your break. Just about. And so here's young second lieutenant Rapasarda oh, no. running with all of his gear in the middle of the desert by himself. I and I heard about this. What? I think I heard about oh, this. Oh, this is cool. <laughs> Go ahead. And, <laughs> and I I come running and all of a sudden I pass the rear vehicle. And then I pass uh, the weapon. Not weapons. Is it? Is yeah, a, this is a company yeah, hump, right? This is a company hump. Okay. I pass weapons platoon and then third platoon and then i pass second platoon and i just jump in right in the line and i continue walking and at the break i come up to the co <laughs> oh, no. my marines are going what the hell just happened where did <laughs> yeah, you they had no idea right? where did you come from <laughs> but they're all kind of giggling like because they know about what's about to happen yeah. and so i go see my boss oh no i go see my boss no. and, and the co and it's <clears throat> colonel matt jones oh god and, uh, and, and Colonel Jones, great leader, great mentor, yeah. uh, someone. And, and actually, he he looks at me and it, <laughs> it was, he goes, you know, what you did was called missing movement, right? Oh, no. So it's not being unauthorized absence. It's missing movement. So it's worse than unauthorized. It's absence. worse. Yeah. And it's actually, I mean, in some ways, if it was for a big deployment, it would be 
punishable by you know, oh, court martial. Yeah, no, you're done um, after that. Man. Yeah, so uh, he goes, you know, you you missed you missed movement, and I was like, he goes, I'm here, sir. Yeah, well, no, that's what he said. He goes, <laughs> but you made it. And that's what here. saved you, right? That's what saved me. See, if you wouldn't have put that time yeah, in, yeah, yeah. So I, I I come over there, I and then we just finished the rest of the the hike. Uh, with that and that was that it was a learning point I tell you what I went out and bought a second alarm that day I never never was never again. happened again <laughs> like that. so learning points yep oh that's funny that's awesome and the only way that you saved yourself is by owning it and getting to where you needed to go even though you knew that there could be some yeah Possibility of getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, I knew I was getting spanked. Yeah, you know you're gonna take a spanking for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That that's was it was fun. I actually heard about that. Um, <laughs> that was that was part of the safety brief. I think when we the the command said, hey, you know, there was uh, there was like a story where a lieutenant, you know, if you miss the movement and you know, don't come out and try to find us because if you get lost and you're screwed. So maybe that was, was that, was that your story? I didn't get lost. I, <laughs> I know, but I mean, that could be, you know, you know how yeah, lieutenant I was out of the East, I can't, I I can't East TA, anything. right? Huh? East TA, is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were out in the East TA. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally remember that story because yeah. that was. That's me. <laughs> that's awesome though. Now I can, no, but I mean, that is, yeah, but that is such a good, good way to, yeah. And I bet that you were going four or five times the speed that the company was oh. going, and you were probably, I mean, you, and that feeling was just driving you up that hill where you didn't even feel it until afterwards. I was, no, I mean, I was in good shape, right? I was a runner. Oh, okay, so you had already, so. But I was, but I was wearing a full load. What did the company gunny tell you? That he was like, hey, sir, how you doing? Nice for you to show up. I think, I think <laughs> there were some cackles as I was passing yeah. through. <laughs> I love being a company guy. So cool. <laughs> yeah, so some fun times. Um, yeah, I, and I never wanted to make that mistake again. That's funny. But I tell you what, I've used that today when someone could have been punished. I have another story. Go for it. In Iraq, and I'll, and I'll change names or I won't even use names. In Iraq, though, I have a Marine fall asleep on post. Ooh, that's a tough one. Fall asleep on post. His squad leader... Wakes him up with a pistol and says, "Hey, if 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 I was the bad guy, you dead. You know, you'd be dead, or you would, could have got us all killed." He was right. manning a, a, a checkpoint. Oh God! And he fell asleep on post, and so yeah, absolutely a crime, right? I mean, the uh, biggest uh, crime to us, yeah, the infantry. And, but the other part of that is okay. The way the squad leader handled it wasn't acceptable either. I mean. He was tapping his nine mil. Uh, I had I have to do the same thing though. Okay, so both both are wrong, right? There's probably better ways to do that. There is, there is, right? But at that moment, you're at, pretty pissed. At that moment, pretty angry. <laughs> and so what we did, first sergeant and myself, we got together and we we came over and said, okay, we have to address the fact. We can't have people, you know, tapping you with the pistol to the temple, kind of thing. And so what we did is we. NJP'd both of them, non-judicial punishment, office hours on there. And we NJP'd both of them at that moment, gave maxed them out on everything, right? And then we just kind of moved some people around in the platoons. At the end of the, so this is probably month two, three, right? At the end of the deployment, after everything was good, nose is clean, stuff like that, 
first start of the night, having a fire. We have we cooking a fire. We called the, the two Marines over and and we said, hey, come here. And, and had them show the paperwork. What is this? It's my office hours. Yes, it is, isn't it? Deposited. And so they <laughs> threw it in the fire and it was no longer ever a thing. Right. But the lesson was learned. Yeah, absolutely. Man. They all knew they were wrong, but, you know. Well, yeah. they knew it. They owned it. And, yeah. and then they carried on from it. Yeah. Right? And so didn't need to ruin their career, right? Because one was about to become a staff sergeant. Didn't need to ruin his career in order to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the platoon handled his ass by falling asleep. But yeah. I mean, that them, I mean, that in that world and that... Grunt, Marine Grunt, Barracks, inside the Lance Corporal Network, that is a vicious, vicious, vicious Well, in combat. And, and in combat. So, the, when yeah, I mean, you can take a dude out and t- totally wreck his world, and ain't nobody going to say a damn thing about it. It was resolved, and we got, I don't know what happened on that side, so. I'll... I can tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, man, it got back, ugly. Back in the days, it would have been machine gun bunkers and. Uh, oh, Yeah. Take it down and build it back up again. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's fun. some some fun times. And, and then the last thing on your part when you're talking about Kathy, yeah, you know, and and dealing with the Gold Star moms, family members, wives on there. I have to say, back in so my Marine uh, Shane Fulmar was was killed in action September 24, two thousand four. And, you know, it took me several days to, and as we talked about last episode, it took me a couple of days to kind of uh, come to the realization that it was actually dead. Right. Yeah. Two years after the fact, we went back and visited him. I think I said that. Yeah, yeah. Went back and visited him. But being around his family was such a healing moment. Yeah. Uh, on there. Not to say that it was like the end of the healing. It was probably the start of of acknowledging right it was uh, the, oh, the door was open opening yeah. yeah but it was it was therapeutic to see them and uh you know to actually work through that piece and i still and you know stay in contact with them that takes a lot of guts it it it, it does but they were so so giving and they're beautiful and, people huh? yeah they're beautiful people this and i crazy. tell you what i was you know this this man uh, you know this captain who was uh, maybe I was a major I was a major by then um, but I was you know I was sitting there just bawling and there and, and couldn't couldn't help it and so I don't think there's anything wrong with it no man no we have to be able to you know I was under the assumption that if I even said that I was weak at all I mean and it happened to me I was kind of blackballed at the end of my career which I created a lot of that myself making just crazy decisions but but yeah I couldn't I've and uh one of my guys from 3-8 um actually was so blackballed he had he had uh he's got four combat action ribbons been in Kosovo I mean the dude's just a trooper and uh he was having a struggle um getting anybody to help him and the key and you know he got blackballed for coming out and saying hey i'm staff sergeant i've got more ribbons than the freaking sergeant major has mm-hmm. and i've been all this stuff and now i'm getting blackballed because i'm saying i need help because my mind's freaking about to explode and you know this was at 29 palms too i'm not gonna say what unit but but uh he experienced that so then you know if he's experienced that that in the marine corps which 
it's crazy to me because we should have the Marine Corps of all of all institutions in the the service. The Marine Corps should have doctors lining up when guys are coming home. It, it's a change in culture. I think. It, I think we got to do. Some, I don't know if that answered your question at all. But no, but I think it's a change in culture. I think I think we're getting there. I hope so. It's and I told him I'd mention that because he's struggling right now and having a really hard time. Especially yeah. when you got TBI. Now that's a whole different ball of wax. So, you know, a TBI, and I think I talked traumatic about traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury. You have ADHD. Have you ever seen that that uh, picture of an ADHD brain and what it does? A post traumatic stress brain and what it does, like electronically, neurologically, and then what a TBI brain looks like. I mean, it's clouds and clouds and. It's just a crazy... Have, you, have I ever showed you that picture? Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. But it just shows the amount of confusion that your brain's going through, neurologically even, with post-traumatic stress, and then to add a TBI onto it. I mean, how are you going to operate effectively with all of that going on? Right. And so that's what's kind of happening to me. And maybe I can circle the wagons on the question that you're you were asking is that it was the it it was the hardest thing that i've ever had to do i'm not making any sense right now am i am i making sense yeah. right now yeah. okay because sometimes my brain no you're but good. i just uh you know and i have to deal with it too just like right now that incident we just went through i had a a flood of data just hit me like a ton of bricks and right. where I can't speak. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with everybody with post-traumatic stress is that there's so much going on. As a police officer, you're having call after call after call after call. You're trying to talk on the radio sometimes that, you know, you can't remember what the hell you were saying and you sound crazy. And then people start picking that up and they're like, hey, are you okay? And then you don't want to say it, you know, and then that just creates the snowball effect until you like time out like I have to do. Like that's that was actually a tool I just used, by the way. Yeah. That was one of my tools in my toolbox that I accept what I was doing because I couldn't remember. I have to say, hey, did that make sense? So I'm putting myself on the spot and asking the person that I'm talking to, am I making sense? Sure. And then that's a tool that you can use because not only are you allowing yourself to be subject to that person's opinion, but you're also putting yourself on the spot and saying, hey, I have a problem. Sure. And I'm going to identify it right now. So what I think I hear you say. Yeah, there you go. Right? So what I think I hear you say is that identifying a weakness, potentially, is not does not make you weak. No, and I wish I could explain it better, but right now I'm having a, a brain out. Well, but... I, I have... I have I have some circumstances, uh, or I'm, I'm part of circumstances where um, some people are not not willing to acknowledge what's actually going on right now. Yes. Right. And so, when you want to you want to make this facade um, appear like it's perfect, when in reality. It's not. And, no. And in reality, everyone else knows it's not. Right. Like Facebook. I mean, people right? post pictures and they, we know it's right. a shit sandwich. Okay. So <laughs> I think there is, there is strength in your vulnerabilities. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, totally believe that. Or at least acknowledging or owning your vulnerabilities and saying, okay, this is. This is something that is like even what you've done right now. I mean, how courageous 
is it to actually talk about your own experience? Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks it's, to put yourself out there. It's hell. I mean, it it's, it takes a lot of courage there, Rob, to actually come clean and say, this is stuff that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's real and it's raw. Yeah. Right? And there's vulnerability in there because you can be attacked. Absolutely. But, but the other part is, is it authentic? It's real. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's something that you're working on and providing... Uh, you know, a different approach. And I think that right there, man, is the yeah. true test of, of a, a man or a solid person, regardless of gender. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this doesn't have any, I mean, that particular the way that we approach it as male or female. I mean, that's just a human being in general. Yep. I mean, um, yeah, I just, yeah, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard to sit here and you make it really easy, you know, for us to talk to because we come and ground, but right. I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough, man. But I don't care about how I feel as long as somebody out there can hear what I have to say, and maybe that turns them turns their road to something different, you know. And yeah. I'll tell you, the vulnerabilities. I kind of like that. I kind of like discovering my vulnerabilities. Yeah. Because it motivates Why? me. Well, what, motiv- what does it motivate you for? Because I know that I can that that I can do better. Yeah. That I can I can accomplish that I can that I'm saying you know what okay like uh, let's say this business that we own I had to back out because I was in in the way of the business and I had to pull myself out and now uh, my wife's running the show she's ten times better than me at it and I'm just like well my vulnerability was that pride right. That pride of, no, I can do it all, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, holy crap. Yeah. I've got it. I've got a problem. My vulner- So I'm going to pull myself out and I'm going to watch her. Yep. Do you see Fox? <laughs> so my wife's name is Fox. Right, right. Right? Right. From a masculine side, right, that was like, oh, my God, how do you- you're the man of the house. You need to, well, that's just your ego. Right. 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 And once you let go of being right... Right, that it has to be this way, then it just is what it is, right there. It's a perfect name. It's very marketable. Absolutely, great family. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. Right. I love it. And then we co-operate the business, and she has equal, you know, decision making. I have equal decision making, and we work together. We're, we're we're discovering that right now in our relationship. Yeah. Um, because we didn't do things right in the beginning of it, so we're paying for it now. But um, yeah, exactly what you're saying is what I, we're we're going through. Right, you're on this side of the fence, and we're still on the other side dealing with all of our crap. But I'm learning that I, I almost want to give the business to Monica because I think she can run it better than me, and that's a big thing for me. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't discredit yourself. Well, right. I'm just saying I'm I'm not discrediting myself. I'm being real okay. about my skill set and what I bring to the table. And my skill set is I love medicine. That's when okay. I, I, at 19 years old, I became an EMT. So are you talking, your passion is that? My passion is medicine. That's different. That's totally different. You're right. So I kind of, I kind of slid that in there. But yeah, I mean, so, but I still had to get through that ego yeah. that you were talking about and that pride of I'm not letting her have, you know, I'm, not, I'm yeah. a veteran. J-Dog is a veteran-owned company, yeah. you know? But she's better at it than me. So, you know, now we're now we're at the point to where we've got to open ourselves up to hearing that from one another. And right now we're still closed off. 
And it'll, but it'll have, but see, you're giving me, you and your wife give me a good example because I love how you two operate. When I, when I see you talk to one another, it's evident that you're both on the same sheet of music and on the same level. And, and that doesn't mean that we always agree. No, no, no. But, but you can operate efficiently together yeah. and there's no animosity, I guess. Yeah. And right now, there's respect. Yeah, and and right now that's what we're learning. Uh, my wife and I are so different on both sides of the scale that it's almost damn near impossible without a mediator between the two of us. And I think the mediator, when I say mediator, we we use uh, higher power for our mediator, but not everybody gets into that. Yeah. So you have to, you know, you have to come. That mediator is the ego. Yeah. Get rid of the ego. Open up your mind open up your thought process we're good to go i heard the other day your ego is not your amigo right right and and, that's a good one yeah i mean you know there is times that the ego is actually there is a benefit to it but largely overall your ego is not can i can i read something to you that i can i I say one more thing yeah 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 okay so as veterans our will to live supersedes anything that we have because of our experience in the war and so when we come out, our will to live can really get in the road. So when we start putting our will down and we start submitting ourselves to things, that will will subside. But let me tell you, as a veteran, police officers and everything else, our will to live sometimes gets in the road. Okay. Expand on that. Well, so our, so when I, I was wounded, I had gotten wounded in, in Iraq. On a mission that I knew we were going to get hit, on a mission I knew that we were going to take casualties, I just didn't know who it is. And one of them ended up being me. And my will to live on that day, I had gotten shot in my arm, and our vehicle had an inhibitor switch. You know when your scout hatches can't turret? Well, the only other gun is the VC gun, and that's a pinnel mount. And so I was like, well... The only way we're going to shoot is if somebody gets on this gun, and this happened to be mine, and I had a big... Did you get out of the hatch? Yeah, I got up into the hatch. Yeah, I got hit. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on. But I I was a stickler about, and this is what I hated, is that whenever we got in a firefight, everybody would start ducking and everything, and the heavy guns, I needed them those to start moving. That's how you gain fire superiority is bring out the big boys. So I'd always be behind the gun, and just if I got to get shot in the face, I get shot in the face. Let me ask you the question. Yeah. I mean, this is a technical question. Okay. On the inhibitor switch, because I remember that. Was there an SOP at all that when you get in contact from the rear to shut the hatches? or? Well, what had happened was I had wrecked my LAV earlier. Okay. I had just got a new crew, and me and the driver weren't communicating right, and yeah. I wasn't able to communicate to him. So he was thinking I said left, and I said I took all the blame for that. But we wrecked our – so the CEO, Captain Hoyle at the time, Colonel Hoyle now – He's like, hey, take my pig and take it out. We didn't do any handover because the mission was coming. So they didn't tell us that they had it all uh, rigged up to, yeah, yeah. you know how we used yep. to do it, you know, to keep the scout hatches open and we could still move and yep. go back behind the scouts and just drop down. Yeah, well, nobody told us about that. And so my gunner over here is like, I can't shoot. I mean, he's, I'm looking through, I'm seeing the guy turkey peek through the thermals. And I'm like, shoot, kill this son of a bitch. And he's like freaking out. He can't do anything. So I get up, and that's when yeah they and I have the overhead footage of it. There, RP, shot an RPG in the front, RPG in the back, and then hit my he hit my sight glass. I think it was a PKM sight glass, and then I took 
took them in, into my arm. But the reason why I'm talking about the will to live yeah. is because I don't know how long it took, but I'm seeing myself laying like I'm above myself, right. looking, having a conversation with somebody saying, hey, I can't die yet. I can't die before my grandparents because they've lost too much and I got to see my son one more time. And it was like my will to live like and I was back. Mm-hmm. But I had lost so much blood. And this is the, the Marines are going to have to be the only ones that can verify all of this. Because what I understand is there's so much blood that I almost bled out, but I was okay. And we actually had to go. I sent the guys back in because we were the med. It was just this crazy night. And I remember I felt like, man, I, I cannot die right now. My will to live at that moment was superseding anything, anything at that moment. My will to live. And I said, they, they pulled me out. And one of the guys, the, one of the uh, uh, guy named Russell, uh, Corporal Russell, um, he actually came up with me. And this is the guy that rescued the seven POWs. He was part yep. of that. He yeah, was yeah. The, this is the platoon that I'm with. Right. This is the, the blue platoon. These are the, the heavy hitters, you know. Uh, crazy. These guys are all just awesome, right? So, you know, he comes crawling up with me. And this dude's like 6'4", 6'2", 6'4". I can't remember. He's just a big dude. Well, he gets up there with me to shield, to shield me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he says, hey, what do you want? I, I think he said, hey, what do you want me to do? I said, kill everybody. And that's all I could come out of my mouth because my will to live. I didn't care about defliction. I didn't care about any of that stuff. And we got into a pretty big damn firefight. Wow. The entire city was on us. And if it wasn't for those LAV-25s, we would have lost it. But the, the last thing that they pulled me out, and I said, at least we didn't wuss out. That's the last thing I said. And I passed out, and then I woke back up kind of – Everybody says they followed, you know, that I just followed them around, but I didn't like come come to until watching these 225 guys, I think it was 225 out of Texas, pass away right in front of me due to the RPG strike that they hit in their vehicles. And so I'm watching this and they're like, hey, what's wrong with you, you know? And at that time, instead of my will to live, my will was for them to live. So I totally bypassed myself again. And now that I got out, to circle this thing, my will to live when I talk to my wife it just supersedes anything that's going on. But what I need to do is I need to take that will to live like I did for the men, for those men. My will to live needs to subside and my will for them to live. That's what, so I'm trying to, trying to fight that. That's a vulnerability that I have with my wife. Mm. 